What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about one of the biggest movie stars in my lifetime, Tom Hanks. Hanks's first big opportunity was not in movies, but on network television with the short-lived ABC sitcom Bosom Buddies, where he and the late Peter Scolari play two men wearing drag so they can live in an all-women's apartment building in order to pay cheap rent. And at the time, Hanks himself was aware for the show to be popular, it would need to outgrow its premise, telling the Richmond Times-Dispatch in 1982, quote, to my My way of thinking, there's nothing funny about two guys posing as girls after 19 episodes. How can you still be fresh and unique? It hasn't become painful or pedestrian yet, but in the long run, we'll have to look for another aspect. After the show ended, for a few years, Hanks would then guest star on hit sitcoms Taxi, Family Ties, and Happy Days, and the significance of his appearance on Happy Days was him working with writers Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel, who would end up being co-writers on the film that made Tom Hanks a star, Ron Howard's Splash, where he plays Alan Bauer, a man who falls in love with a woman who is secretly a mermaid. The film was an undeniable hit, making over $69 million on an $11 million budget. In his early films, Hanks was often paired with a comedic star, like in The Money Pit, he's with Shelley Long, in Dragnet, he's with Dan Aykroyd. And listen, those movies have good moments, but are overall flawed. The movie that turned Tom Hanks into the Tom Hanks we know today is Penny Marshall's Big, where he plays Joshua Baskin, a kid whose wish to be big is granted. The most iconic moment in the film is, of course, Hanks dancing on a piano. For his performance, Hanks, for the first time ever, was nominated for Best Lead Actor at the Oscars. And to give a sense to modern moviegoers how good the movie Big is, it currently has a 98% score on Rotten Tomatoes. I would also like to point out the same year that Big came out, Hank starred as a stand-up comedian in the very interesting film Punchline. It's imperfect, but worth a watch. After Big, there were some misfires for Hanks in his career with Turner and Hooch, a movie some might enjoy but I find ridiculous, and Brian De Palma's The Bonfire of the Vanities. Here's Variety's review of that film. The caricatures are so crude and the revelation so unenlightening of the human condition that the satire is about as socially incisive as an entry in the Police Academy series. Hanks then on what you could argue is the best 10-year run an actor has ever gone on. In 1992, he reteamed with big director Penny Marshall on one of the best sports movies of all time, A League of Their Own, playing former big leaguer, now drunken manager, Jimmy Dugan, who famously yelled, there's no crying in baseball. I love his scenes with Gina Davis in this movie. This is showing that Tom Hanks can be really funny, but play a bit of a dirtbag character. It feels like a different kind of performance than the ones that Hanks is most known. In 93, he was paired with actress Meg Ryan for the second time, the first being Joe vs. the Volcano, on Nora Ephron's Sleepless in Seattle, where Hanks plays a single dad, Sam Baldwin. Here's what Hanks told The New Yorker about the hit romantic comedy. Quote, I was very cranky, particularly when I first met her to do Sleepless in Seattle, because I was really big and you know, I had some hits under my belt. We got together and we were going to make this movie about a guy and a kid 
did and la di da di da di da sleepless in Seattle and she was very intimidating right off the bat when we were working on the rehearsals for it I realized that one of the things that was driving me nuts about the project is that Nora and Delia Efron who helped on the screenplay are sisters but they are also mothers it was a movie about a father and I said you guys are the wrong gender to understand what's going on in this scene between me and my son and she loved it oh Tom tell me more and the argument I had was you have written a scene in which a father is undone by the fact that his son is upset about him going out with a woman oh no I said there is no father on planet earth who's going to give a rat's ass what his son thinks about him going out with a woman because you know what the father wants to do he's missing from your little gender-ish scene that you wrote and she said well then why don't you say that that was a very empowering moment she would often say this well then you're right you're right I do feel like that's a forgotten aspect of Tom Hanks's career that there was a point in time where he was one of the kings of the romantic comedy him and Meg Ryan were paired in not one not two but three movies I really like Sleepless in Seattle and you've got mail Hanks's second movie of 1993 would put him in a new category of actors Jonathan Demme's Philadelphia where Hanks plays lawyer Andrew Beckett who was wrongfully fired from a law firm for having AIDS. Hanks for his performance won his first Oscar for lead actor and yes you can say the movie now might not completely hold up but it's hard to argue how good Hanks is in this movie. I personally like him in the film more than his co-star Denzel Washington. I hear this debate all the time. Denzel should have been the actor from this movie who wins the Oscar not Tom Hanks. I think that's ridiculous. Philadelphia is the movie where most began to take Hanks seriously as a dramatic actor. It was a turning point. Before that, there was a point where Hanks felt like he was being typecast telling contact music quote I think I was 37 by then and I realized I'm not a young man anymore so I said I don't think I want to play bleeps any longer and I mean that not in a pejorative sense I mean it in the sense that I didn't want to play those guys who are like oh poor me I'm so unlucky I wanted to play men who were experiencing bitter compromise his one film in 1994 was a giant one Robert Zemeckis's Forrest Gump where Hank place for us who inadvertently sees himself planted near or around some of the biggest moments in American history. There are strong feelings for and against this movie. At the time of its release the thoughts were way more positive than they are now. Forrest Gump won Best Picture. Hanks won his second Best Actor Oscar in a row. Zemeckis won Best Director and the film made $678 million at the box office and is still to this day the highest grossing live-action film of Tom Hanks's career. The reason I believe this film is hated by many has nothing to do with the film itself. Robin Wright is very good in this movie, along with Sally Field and Gary Sinise, who I believe is the best part of the movie. The reason it's hated is because it won Best Picture over Pulp Fiction, the movie that made Quentin Tarantino one of the most beloved writer-directors. It's because of that that people have sour thoughts on 
on Forrest Gump. I like the movie. I think it's a pleasant watch. Is it a movie I want to revisit over and over again? No, but I do believe Forrest Gump is a movie you need to see at some point in your life, and that Tom Hanks performance at the center of it is amazing. 1995 saw Hanks re-team with director Ron Howard on Apollo 13. I don't understand during this period why he wasn't nominated for an Oscar for his turn as astronaut Jim Lavelle. My take is it's because he just won the award twice in a row and they wanted to give it to somebody else. Tom Hanks is really good in Apollo 13 and that same year was the first time he voiced Woody in the first Toy Story. This was back when there was no Pixar. Yes, he was pairing with Disney so it made a lot of sense, but this was before it was commonplace for big time movie stars to voice animated characters. I mean, before that, there was just really Robin Williams and Aladdin. I mean, it wasn't what it was today where every single famous actor voices an animated character. You cannot argue that having Toy Story has really helped Tom Hanks as a movie star. Kids know who he is. They know he is the voice of Woody the same way they know Tim Allen is the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Remember how many people got upset that Chris Evans was voicing Buzz Lightyear instead of Tim Allen? That's the effect that Toy Story has had on these two. They are known for these characters. If anyone else voices the character of Woody ever, people are going to lose their minds. In 1996, Hanks made his directorial debut with That Thing You Do, a delightful movie with a fun Steve Zahn performance. In 98, for the first time, Tom Hanks was directed by Steven Spielberg with Saving Private Ryan, where he played Captain John H. Miller. It's regarded as one of the best war films ever, and for it, Hanks earned an Oscar nomination. It's really interesting that Hanks was in a movie in Forrest Gump that won Best Picture, that many people think didn't deserve to win Best Picture, and then he was also in Saving Private Ryan, a movie that most people was robbed of winning Best Picture. Instead of Saving Private Ryan, the film that ended up winning was Shakespeare in Love. So Tom Hanks has been on both sides of it when it comes to the Best Picture at the Oscars. Also in 98 was You've Got Mail. In 1999, he does Toy Story 2 and The Green Mile. 2000 saw Hanks for a second time work with filmmaker Robert Zemeckis on Castaway, which I think is an impressive film, but isn't my favorite Tom Hanks performance. He did receive an Oscar nomination. His 2002, to me, is super underrated. He started with Sam Mendes' Road to Perdition with Paul Newman in his last role. In it, Hanks plays Michael Sullivan, who works for the mob, and he once again worked with Spielberg on Catch Me If You Can, where he plays FBI agent Carl Hanratty. I love every scene he has with a then-young Leonardo DiCaprio. You might be thinking it was odd at the time that the biggest movie star in the world was willing to play a supporting role. Here's what Spielberg told Roger Ebert on Hanks' desire to play a supporting character in Catch Me If You Can. Quote, Tom had read the script as a writing sample and called me and Walter Parks, the co-producer 
producer and said, can I be in the movie? Do you think Steven would let me play the FBI agent? I really know who this guy is. And then Tom called me and said, can I kind of horn in here? And I said, my God, what do you mean horn in? Then he called Leo and said, is it an imposition for me to be in this movie, which is clearly your film? You're carrying it. Would it be an imposition upon you if I played the FBI agent? Leo thought that heaven had just come down to earth for him. So in a sense, Tom invited himself into the project in such a humble, beautiful way. This is the first movie I think where he's ever been in that he's made a meal of anonymity because he's so anonymous for so long in the picture. He doesn't steal any scenes. He's not trying to outact anybody. He's just trying to play this pencil pusher whose own FBI agents don't believe all his effort is worth the trouble he's going through. I love how badly Tom Hanks wanted to be in that movie because he knew it was a special movie. I love Catch Me If You Can. I've said it's my favorite Steven Spielberg movie a million times. It's my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie, and it is one of my all-time favorite Tom Hanks movies. If you have not seen Catch Me If You Can, do yourself the favor and watch it immediately. So during that incredible run from 1992 to 2002, Tom Hanks gets four Oscar nominations, two wins, and let's talk about his box office draw during this time period. He starred in 11 movies that made at least $200 million and some much more than that. He was for a 10-year stretch the biggest actor in the world. The rest of the 2000s were a different story. They were up and down. He had a trio of films in 2004 that I would call Misfires, The Lady Killers directed by the Coen Brothers, The Terminal directed by Steven Spielberg, and Robert Zemeckis's Polar Express. His best film during the late 2000s is Charlie Wilson's War, directed by Mike Nichols and written by Aaron Sorkin. In it, he shares scenes with the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman and Julia Roberts. And listen, on paper, some of those failures look like they were going to be successful. I mean, how could Tom Hanks say no to the Coen brothers? Him working with the Coen brothers makes all the sense in the world. Unfortunately, he starred in a lesser Coen brother film film. I might argue their worst film. Hanks in the 2010s saw yet another stage of his career, one where he mostly played well-known and beloved famous people. The list includes Walt Disney in Saving Mr. Banks, Captain Sully Sullenberger in Sully, Ben Bradley in The Post, and Fred Rogers in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. My favorite of that list is when he played Walt Disney in Saving Mr. Banks. I feel like that is a movie that is underseen I think it's better than A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I didn't love him as Mr. Rogers. I just thought that was too much. Having a beloved figure like Tom Hanks play Mr. Rogers was too much for me. I like that movie. I didn't love that movie. I love Saving Mr. Banks. His scenes with Emma Thompson are perfect. And if you love the movie Mary Poppins, you need to see Saving Mr. Banks. So where exactly are we right now with Tom Hanks' career? Some mocked his performance as the Colonel in Elvis. I liked it. It was him doing something different. He was also the lead in A Man Called Otto, a performance I thought only he could give, and that movie made $113 million at the box office. Even in today's climate, he still has star power that appeals to average audiences, and I was really impressed with him in Wes Anderson's Asteroid City, where he plays a grieving father. So what exactly makes Tom Hanks a 
movie star is his everyman demeanor, but his biggest strength as an actor can also be looked as a weakness because he's not someone who drastically transforms for his roles. He's not Daniel Day-Lewis. He brings a little bit of himself to every performance. It's why people don't care when he plays villainous characters in films like Cloud Atlas. Hanks is one of those actors where audiences have expectations of what they want from him. Fair or not. I think it's also interesting to ask what would you categorize Tom Hanks as? A movie star or an actor? And I look at him as both. He has movie star qualities where he can carry an entire movie just based on his charisma, but he's also given some all-time great acting performances. I think he's in both categories. I think he's a great movie star who also happens to be a great actor, and it doesn't always end up being that case. There are many movie stars who are not very good at acting. Tom Hanks is not one of those. What I find rare about Tom Hanks is unlike most actors, he's never gone through a prolonged stretch of being irrelevant. We've always been thinking about Tom Hanks in his career. He's always been in my life. He's always been in movies. He's always been there. There hasn't been a five-year drought of not seeing him on screen. He hasn't gone through a scandal for decades now. Tom Hanks has been a big deal. Hanks, like most actors, likes working with the same filmmakers over and over again. And his top three directors are clearly Ron Howard, Robert Zemeckis, and Steven Spielberg. He's worked with each of them at least five times and has an upcoming new film project with Zemeckis that will see him reunite with his Forrest Gump co-star Robin Wright. There are also big-time directors that Tom Hanks hasn't worked with yet. He has not starred in a movie that was directed by Martin Scorsese. I would imagine that has to happen before the end of their respective careers. I mean, that's a must. I need to see Tom Hanks in a Martin Scorsese film. You also have David Fincher. I would love to see Tom Hanks in a David Fincher movie. Other ones that come to mind are Ridley Scott and Paul Thomas Anderson. I mean, could you imagine Tom Hanks in a PTA movie? The intensity would have to be there. It would probably be more intense than any film that Tom Hanks has ever starred in. So I want to end the podcast with this. As you can tell from listening, I'm a big fan of Tom Hanks, and I think he's someone we've taken for granted. Like, yeah, he's been nominated six times for an Oscar, and that's really good. But also, I ask you, why isn't he the male equivalent of Meryl Streep with double-digit nominations? There are multiple films I think Tom Hanks deserved an Oscar nomination for. Like I said earlier, Apollo 13, I think that is a top five Tom Hanks performance. It's crazy that the Ed Harris performance was the one that got nominated for an Oscar. I think if you were going to nominate any of his supporting performances in films, it would be Catch Me If You Can. I absolutely love everything about that movie. And I love the fact that Christopher Walken got a Best Supporting Actor nomination. But I believe Tom Hanks is one of the best things about that film, Catch Me If You Can. He's really funny in that movie, and his scenes with Leo are fantastic. Especially the scene where Leo's character, Frank Abagnale Jr., convinces Tom Hanks' handwriting that he works for the CIA. I also believe Hanks should have been nominated for Road to Perdition, Saving Mr. Banks, and his two films with director 
Paul Greengrass, Captain Phillips, and News of the World. Now, most people agree with me on Captain Phillips. I've heard many people say how insane it was that Tom Hanks was not nominated for Captain Phillips, but I feel the exact same way about News of the World. It was Hanks's first Western, and he is perfection in that movie. That might be, in my mind, a top 10 performance from Tom Hanks. So yeah, I believe he should be treated like Meryl Streep. I believe there are so many performances that were overlooked. He should have double-digit Oscar nominations. He's been that good for so long. You could make an argument, he's the best actor of my lifetime. And there's a legitimate argument to be made. And hopefully during this podcast, I've made that argument. And personally, I hope there are great performances on the way, but you can't help but look back at the Tom Hanks filmography and say he's given you everything that he can. He's been one of the most consistent actors. And again, I'll say it, his 1992 to 2002 is arguably the best run a modern male movie star has ever been on. The man didn't miss for an entire decade. How many actors can say that? Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I hope this gets you to go back and watch some of the great films from Tom Hanks.